This is the Inside Out Story Podcast, a place where we take you deep into the world of storytelling. Now, here are your hosts, John Booker and Jeremy Casper. Welcome to the Inside Out Story. I'm John Booker, and I'm interested in why we tell stories. And I'm Jeremy Casper, and I'm interested in the how we tell stories. Welcome to our second season of the podcast. We enjoyed so much having you uh, join us through the first season, the first 10 episodes. We really tried to hit the surface level of a lot of the questions and ideas that writers tend to confront early on in their careers. The second season, we're, we're going deeper. We're going into the, the more advanced ideas uh, in problems that so many writers end up facing in this industry, and I can't think of a better way to start that off uh, than with the guest that we have today. We are so fortunate to have with us Carol Kirshner, and Carol has a fabled career in the uh, uh, entertainment industry. She has um, worked with the, the biggest names in film and television, uh, legends across the board, and now, you know, really dedicates a great deal of her time to helping writers find their footing in the industry and become the sort of storytellers uh, that they can be. We're going to get into uh, Carol's history with that and how she began, but Carol, welcome to the Inside Out Story. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, it is our pleasure to have you. Now, I know you actually started uh, in front of the camera a little bit. Oh, you you yeah. were a stand-up uh, comedian, and uh, you you did a pilot, and um, you know how how did you begin to uh, move your work from in front of the camera to behind the camera and in the business of uh, film and television? Sure. Well, I was so sure that I was going to be rich and famous in a very short period of time that um, I worked at a museum and one of the volunteers at the museum said, I have a friend who's starting a production company who's a writer producer and needs an assistant. Are you interested? And I said, no, of course, because I'm going to be rich and famous. And that night I went home and thought, what the hell are you thinking? And I came back and said, yes, I want to do it. So I ended up working for those guys for about five years and I started as their gopher. You know, I house sat, I babysat, I pet sat, I did I picked up laundry, I did everything. But they also let me sit in on meetings with writers mm. and directors and executives at the networks. So from there, I was there five years and I went up to director of development and I uh, found a number of TV movies, this was back in the day, uh, that had to do mostly with uh, stories of people that had diseases and how they overcame them. One of them was called Inmates, a love story about a co-ed <laughs> prison. And two it was ridiculous. Um, so from there, I went to CBS. And because of my background in comedy, I became a comedy development executive. And while I was there, and you can hear that it was 100 years ago, I was involved in developing Murphy Brown mm. and Designing Women. Oh, wow. And from there, I was asked to start Steven Spielberg's first Amblin Television Department. Mm, wow. And while I was there, we did Tiny Toons, which is oh, one of my favorites. Beloved, yes. I know. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you an inside story on how Tiny Toons Adventures got started. 
a guy who was involved in merchandising for Warner Brothers came in and said, said uh, maybe it was Universal actually, said, okay, do you see this plush toy? We can do that with Tiny Toons. We'll make little <laughs> small versions of the plush toys. And it just took off. I mean, that was the incentive for it, but it became a fantastic series. That's fantastic. And then I went to a company called Limelight and helped to develop uh, the first full-time uh, uh, animated series called, uh, well, it was different kind. Of, it was it was an animated series called Reboot mm. about people that lived inside a computer, and it was mm. for ABC. Nice. And then I went on and on and on and on and on, and ultimately, I decided that I wanted to be with my daughter because I had my daughter when I was an executive and all I did was travel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So she was two years old and I realized she was being raised by the nanny and my husband. And I said, what the, again, hell are you doing? <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. You wanted to have a kid, be home with your kid. Yeah. So my husband and I talked about it. We changed our lifestyle. Mm. I became a consultant, mm. which was the best thing I ever did. Yeah. And then as a consultant, I created the CBS Diversity Writers Mentoring Program. Wow. We're now in year 13. Oh, wow. 90 people, 90 writers of color have gone through the program, and we've oh, helped launch the career of 50 of them. Oh, wow. And because of that, I was asked to help Jeff Melvoin do the curriculum for the WGA Showrunner Training Program. Mm -hmm. And we're in year 12 of that. Yeah. We've had almost 300 graduates and more than 70 new series were created by alumni. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, that is incredible. I yeah. mean, just the number of, of writers' uh, careers that you've helped to launch. But also, I, I'd, I'd love just to pause for a second and, and ask you about this because Jeremy and I, being two white guys, we are very... <laughs> Uh, passionate about being a voice for other um, uh, other voices mm -hmm. in the industry mm -hmm. that often have not had an uh, equal chance to have sure. their stories yeah. told. Um, what uh, what are you seeing happen? You know, with programs uh, like this that that are are giving a place to to stories and voices that we just have not got to hear as a culture. Yeah, that's a great question and. In my experience, in my personal experience with the CBS Diversity Writers Mentoring Program, we currently have 45 of our alumni working. Mm -hmm. And we have them from all levels, from staff writer to executive producer to showrunner. And one of our alumni this year has a series pilot at CBS called SWAT. Mm -hmm. And what's so exciting to me is when people that went through my CBS program end up at my showrunner training program. Because mm, wow. you have to yeah. be very advanced yeah. to be in the showrunner training program. Yeah. So that's Aaron Thomas, who's an amazing guy, is doing SWAT. Yeah. Um, there is some movement yeah. and people that go through programs and people that are able to break in. There's change when the showrunner decides to make a change. Mm -hmm. And when the showrunners are people with alternative voices than just white guys, yeah. mm -hmm. um, then you see really diverse staffs yeah. and you see other voices being heard. Yeah. And um, when people of color and people of other voices 
uh, are creating shows, which is starting to happen now. We have a long, long way to yes. go, yeah. but we are definitely making progress. Yeah. Does that answer your question? Absolutely, it does. Absolutely, it does. And you also, you know, another thing that Jeremy and I um, really care about is um, th that's been on the, the minds of a lot of folks in Hollywood has also been the voices of women mm -hmm. in making yeah. sure that the stories that women uh, can bring to the table also have a, a, a fair shot at, at getting uh, told. Um, being a woman in the industry, any, any thoughts on what you've seen either change over the course of your time in the industry or, or, or how far we still have to go or any thoughts? Well, we have a long way to go. Mm -hmm. um, when I see, I so believe in affirmative action mm -hmm. because yeah. when I first got my job at CBS, um, the company said you have to hire a woman. Yeah. Otherwise, it would just be another white guy from USC that got into that slot. Yeah. Um, and then while I was there, I was told you need to hire a person of color. Mm -hmm. And I hired a woman who is now head of current programming at Warner's. Mm -hmm. And so, but when I was an executive, there were very few women in comedy that were coming in and pitching. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what's changed and interesting is that at least at the networks and at some of the studios, there are more and more women executives, mm. and that's a plus. Mm -hmm. yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they are bringing in more women mm. to pitch, to produce, to develop. Um, in the showrunner training program this year and last year, we had almost an equal amount of women to men because we make a real effort to mm -hmm. do that. That's great. So there are more women showrunners now than there were certainly when I started out. Oh, wow. But there's plenty of room to have more mm -hmm. and more and more. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, Carol, I'm just curious. You know, you've talked a little bit about your past and development, and um, and some of the the things that you're working on now. Um, can you talk just a little bit about development? Uh, sure. And I think that sometimes uh, writers, especially new writers, they come into the process and they're like, "Oh, development. We just get to sit around in a room and just make fun <laughs> stories." And and maybe you can dispel some of the myths of sure. what development is and what it isn't. Sure, sure. Well, what I can speak to is because my background is in television, is that people when they come in, first of all, to get into a pitch meeting with a person at a network, studio, or production company, you either need representation, and I know how hard that is, or you need to have connected with people. Some people call it networking. I hate the word networking. <laughs> I much prefer connecting. Yeah that you have a community of contacts that is so extensive that somebody got your material to somebody who got it to somebody who got it to somebody mm -hmm. who got it in the hands of a development executive. Mm -hmm. So you'll have a meeting with a development executive if they've seen your material and they love it. Mm -hmm. Now when you come in, they may, if it's a production company or even a studio, they may say, you know what, this isn't the project we want. We have, we already have a show set in Miami about two blind detectives. No, 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 we don't want that. Well, but we love your voice. Yeah. So we want you to think about doing this show that we have the IP for mm -hmm. and develop that. And then you would go off and you would come up with ideas and you would pitch the ideas. Now, typically, if you're at a network or a studio, you've already, before you've walked in the door, 
done a tremendous amount of work mm -hmm. on developing that television series. So you're not just coming in to pitch a pilot idea, you're coming in to pitch a series. Mm -hmm. And uh, John, you just read Cam Miller's <laughs> fabulous book, uh, The Hero Succeeds, yes. and what she taught. So, and, and here's a plug for Cam. It's yes. a fantastic book. Fantastic. Um, and the best I've probably read on how you write a series, and it's K.A.M. Miller, The Hero Succeeds. And what she underscores, and John knows this because yes. he's in the middle of reading it, is you're not developing a pilot. You're developing a whole television mm. series. Yes, yes. And so hopefully you've done your homework, and that means that you have created the characters, the character arcs, the conflict between the characters, what would sustain it for 500 episodes, hopefully. Mm -hmm. And... You know what's going to happen in season one, season two, season three, season four. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to know detail by detail, mm -hmm. but for season one, you should have bullet points of what, first of all, what's going to happen in the first season in terms of what are the character arcs and the story arcs. Mm -hmm. Then uh, you also want bullet points of what some episode ideas are going to be. Mm -hmm. For season two, you can just give an overview. Well, this character um, gets married and discovers that uh, her husband is cheating on her. And then season three, you go, and in this season, that character kills her husband. <laughs> and in the next season, that character comes back as a ghost. Anything so that you're really clear about what your show is. Mm -hmm. So that's the material part of it. The other is practicing your pitch mm -hmm. so that you are right on story. And mm -hmm. the thing is, you don't come in and just start sitting back on the couch and talking. Mm -hmm. It is a conversation, but it's a really well thought out conversation. And in television, for a comedy, that pitch should be somewhere between 10, 15, maximum 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And for an hour show, it should be somewhere between 20 and 30 minutes. Mm. And as a, it's a performance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's yeah. a performance. And you need to practice it that way. Yeah. I have a mentee who sold a number of pilots who... She practices no less than eight times before she goes into pitch the whole practice. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't sound rehearsed because she she knows every point and then she throws it out. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. she just hits the points in her head that she knows that she's going to hit. Um, you want to prepare for small talk because that's mm -hmm. what happens in, in the development pitch meeting. Small talk, small talk, small talk then you want to start by saying what inspired you to write this show. What, what from your life makes you so emotionally connected to it? And also, why you're the only person to write it. Mm -hmm. Then you want to hook them with a story about one of your characters. Uh, I know somebody who the way he does it is he says, before we start, can I just tell you a story? Mm -hmm. He's a comedy writer. He tells a great story. And he says, and that's the character mm -hmm. that I want to do the show about. So great. that's an inside tip. That's great. Um, and then you wrap it up and you say, thank you so much. Do you have any questions? And then you get out of there. And yeah. if you're lucky, they buy it in the room. Mm -hmm. And if you're 
not quite that lucky on your way home your agent calls you and says they bought it and if not they may pass on it in the room and say you know what we have that we have that miami two blind detectives so right. we can't but we really like you so come back yeah. so I, I just wish there was someone i could call who could coach me on, on some of these <laughs> these techniques that could that could help me and that's what you do a lot of now that is that is. right yeah <laughs> What a second. There you go. I just tried to slip that in. <laughs> Nobody did. even noticed. I'm so. sure. I'm sure. I work with my clients a lot yeah. to get them ready for it. Yeah. That's fantastic. And I'm, yeah. just that little information you gave us just there, I mean, that's gold. gold. I, you know, just the idea of even 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 weaving some of the yeah. elements of story into pitching. Yeah. And that Absolutely. whole process is yeah. just so fascinating and interesting to me. Um, just one question, too, uh, about developing a series. Yeah. Lots of changes happening in television right now. Um, everything from, you know, that standard model of, you know, 20 to 22 episodes. It's kind of, we're not seeing that nope. anymore. Nope. So as a writer, how should I be thinking as I'm developing uh, intellectual property? That is a great question and it really depends if you ask me on organically how long is the story you want to tell mm -hmm. if it's a limited story where you can see it ending in eight episodes then create eight episodes mm -hmm. and that happens a lot in cable and streaming mm -hmm. um, network is still going to pretty much do 13 to 22 mm -hmm. but I would think about the story that you're dying to tell mm -hmm. And then see how long it is. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, and what happens a lot with with my clients is they'll say, "Here's a great idea for a pilot," and I say, "No, that's a feature. Mm -hmm. That's not something that's going to sustain a story over thirteen episodes, six episodes, eight episodes." Very good. Does that answer your question? Absolutely. And and on that point. Any just quick thoughts on, hey, I have a story idea. Are there things that you look for that that are really markers for you that this is a feature, this is more of a television yes. show? Yes. So if your main character is engaged in something, if their, if their conflict and their obstacle is something that they will overcome fairly quickly mm -hmm. and that you want to see it in one bite, Mm -hmm. um, I want to see her vanquish that particular person. Mm -hmm. Then in my mind, that's a feature. Yeah. If you're developing a character and characters that the conflict can go on for a very long time, then to me that's what a series is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very good. I can't good. believe this is a free podcast. I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's, uh, that's gold. I'm taking notes over I know, here. So. Right, right. <laughs> no, but spe you know, speaking of that... Um, I think a lot of writers feel like I, I'm sort of beyond needing someone to to hmm. coach me or help me, you know, through these things. I, I can do it. And I, I've written, you know, three books now on, on screenwriting and pitched in a million different rooms. And I want to tell you guys listening, I am one of, of Carol's clients right now. Um, she is coaching me through... Uh, the, the process of, of, of getting uh, two different uh, uh, I, IPs that I have ready to take out. And I got to tell you, just you never think you should never think that you know everything uh, about pitching and about story because I'm getting so much out of the time uh, that Carol is investing in me and helping to um, 
uh, just really fine-tune uh, the material that I have. And so I, I just I want to really give a, a personal plug for uh, the, the coaching that Carol does. And um, there, there's nothing that replaces someone who has experience in the industry and who has sat on the other side of that table mm-hmm. and listened to the number of pitches that you've listened to. There's just nothing that replaces that. So I I just, I don't want to move on any further from the coaching stuff without giving a personal mm-hmm. uh, uh, <laughs> testimony. Thank you, to... Jeremy. <laughs> uh, Jeremy. Thank you, John. Thank you, That's John. All right. That's all that, right. that check is going to be in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think I think also too with the ever changing landscape of television right now. I think as a writer, having someone in your corner who yeah. sort of has their finger on the pulse of what's constantly changing, yeah. what the industry's looking for. You yeah. know, I think that's that's really. I think we as writers sometimes we can get uh, a little lost in our writers' room, yeah. um, and so having that kind of that kind of person in your corner, I think, is really beneficial. Yeah. So. Let me say something to that, which yeah. is interesting. What is the industry looking for? Mm -hmm. I really encourage my friends, my mentees, my clients to write what they are dying to write, Mm -hmm. not what the business is looking for. Because that's a moving target. Absolutely. And at the beginning of each season in network television and in cable too, um, the agents come in and talk to the buyers and the buyers say, we're looking for this, we're looking for that. And then they go to their clients mm-hmm. and say, this is what you've got to write. This, And that's just, can I say a bad word? Absolutely. And that's just bullshit because <laughs> the truth is what they're looking for is your original voice, mm-hmm. the thing you're passionate about, mm-hmm. the thing only you can tell. Because a, a hundred years ago when we did Murphy Brown, mm-hmm. Uh, the the common wisdom was you can't do anything about uh, politics. You can't do anything about Washington. And that was really true up until Murphy Brown. Mm-hmm. And so if you have the project that is so blazing hot, that is so wonderful, people will go, that's what we're looking for. Not mm-hmm. what we said we were looking, not a medical show, yeah. mm-hmm. but your show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's so fantastic, good. and I think that applies across the board, whether yeah. you're in features or yes. just writing, writing the story, like you said, that you can tell. Um, and and oftentimes in Hollywood, that's what we see. We see a, a blockbuster hit, and then sure enough, the next year we see a bunch of copycats after that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and they never do as well. No. They're never as honest. They never work the same way. Yeah. Don't write those. Yeah, Don't absolutely. Write those. Do not write those <laughs> unless they pay you a bunch of money, <laughs> right. and then definitely write. Those. I can be bought. Yes. yes. <laughs> well, well, speaking though of of a problem like that, what? I mean, you come across a lot of writers. A lot of writers are bringing material to you. What are the the things that you see that are maybe the most common problems or mistakes that new writers trying to bring material into the industry make? What what is what are the most common things? I'm so glad you asked that because <laughs> I actually have three mistakes that I see over and over again. One is their material is not ready yet. Mm. It's not blazing hot. And I'll come back to what I think blazing hot is. Um, They feel like, you know, this is really good. It's not the best, but I'm going to get out there because I can't wait to get it out there. And it's not ready yet. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing. The other thing, even though this sounds ridiculous, is it's not formatted correctly. Mm. It's not... um, There's a lot of typos Mm -hmm. and... um, grammar that's wrong 
that just shrieks green newcomer mm-hmm. disregard this yeah and the other is not knowing what your personal brand is and john you and i have talked about that yes. you need to know what sets you apart what makes you different so that when your material does get people excited you have a story to tell yeah, yeah. and let me go back to blazing yeah. Hot for a minute okay. um so i've read thousands of scripts in my time and in any given sort of general group of scripts 10% of them are so bad that your dentist would say that sucks <laughs> anybody can tell that it's really bad and 3 to 5% of it is heartbreakingly beautiful mm-hmm. that's the blazing hot mm-hmm. and then the rest is somewhere between good to very good Mm. and it's good to be very good Mm -hmm. but to get to break in you need it and you want it to be blazing hot Mm -hmm. you you need to take it that extra level over the goal post Mm -hmm. is that Mm -hmm. i don't know sports at all so (laughs) you're talking to two writers we don't either (laughs) well you want to move it down the court down the field and over into what makes it Assailable that thing. sounds winning. Okay, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Well, I, I, I feel like um, you know these are things uh, that that so many of us, no matter how long we've been in the industry, are, are still capable of doing. We're still capable of making these sure. mistakes, no matter how long we've been in. Um, you captured a lot of uh, uh, of your experiences and the things that you've seen in people trying to break in the industry in a book. Um, tell us a little bit about that book. What, uh, you know, if someone who um, is, is, sees this book on the shelf at Barnes & Noble, uh, what, what would they get uh, in buying your book? Sure. First of all, there are no Barnes & Noble anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. But, but if you should be on Amazon, and that breaks my heart that yes. there's only three Barnes & Nobles. Yeah. Anyways, um, it's called Hollywood Game Plan, How to Land a Job in Film, TV, or Digital Entertainment. Mm. And what made me decide to write it is that when I started out, I had nobody to tell me how to do anything. Mm-hmm. And I made a lot of mistakes. And I said, you know, if I ever make it, I'm going to turn around and tell people coming up what to do and what not to do. Mm. And so that was really the genesis of this, Mm -hmm. was to share things so that people wouldn't have to make a lot of mistakes. Mm -hmm. And it covers, and then the other part of it was, I was having lunch with one of the top managers in the business, Mm. and he was telling me over a very expensive salad in Beverly Hills (laughs) that... um, he couldn't find. He couldn't keep good entry level people. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, "You know, in my business, the the receptionist is your first leg in, first foot in the door." And his receptionist, he'd ask for coffee, and they'd roll their eyes. Mm-hmm. And he said, wow. "I can't find anybody, any kids that don't feel entitled." Mm-hmm. So that was the other reason to write the book, so yeah. that people who had gone to great schools and people who had gone to small schools so they would know don't come across as entire anyway so it covers like resumes and cover letters which are pretty obvious but there's a difference between regular ones and industry ready ones um 
what to wear to a meeting, mm. how to follow up without being annoying, mm. which everybody is afraid of. Yes. Yeah. They're afraid that if they reach out, people are going to leave me alone. Mm -hmm. But there's actually a specific way to do it. Yeah. Um, we talk about how you connect with people, how you, how you meet them, what to do when you meet them, how to expand yeah. your community of contacts, how to deal with rejection, where to live if you're coming to L.A., Hmm. Things like that. Very, it's very valuable. practical things. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Carol, I just have one other question for yeah. you. Uh, earlier, you were talking about developing your brand. Yeah. And that's something that uh, that I, I believe very strongly in. Uh, but sometimes branding is, is a, especially for creatives, sometimes comes Horrible across a little word, bit of a dirty it? word. Yeah. Yes. Could you talk a little bit just briefly about what you mean by branding sure. and, and what that what that looks like? I hate the word branding. Mm -hmm. And in all of my workshops, I, I throw out this uh, challenge. I say, if you can think of a word that is branding but is more creative, <laughs> I will give you a free coaching session. <laughs> and so far, I haven't found it. <laughs> but another way maybe to say it is a smart self-marketing mm. strategy. Mm -hmm. And for me, there's three parts of it. And John, you and I have embarked on this, yes. which is your personal log line, which is the answer to the question, so what do you do? Mm -hmm. And as you know, in Hollywood, everybody is really interested in what you do. Mm -hmm. And it answers the question really succinctly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then there's what I call your personal A story, which is a chronological narrative of your life with you as the protagonist. It's two to three minutes long. And it highlights your successes as well as what makes you memorable. Mm -hmm. And then what I call your personal nuggets. And I stole <laughs> that term from the showrunner of The Walking Dead <laughs> and the recent Glenn Mazar. And the reason that I mention it as nuggets is it's gold. It's mm -hmm. a gold in your life. Mm -hmm. And those are the anecdotes. Mm -hmm. They're the things that set you apart and mm -hmm. make you really memorable. Because you want to be one of those people after somebody during staffing season yeah. an executive at a network could meet 10 staff writers yeah. same thing with it generals at studios for features as well as for television and you want to be the person they think about at the end of the day after you've already walked out of that mm -hmm. meeting yeah that's oh, fantastic so I, I have one more question Please, and then um I'm just curious, your opinion, is writing television film, is, is this a young person's game? I mean, is there is there someone who's a little later on in life, they, they say, I want to give this a shot. I'm, what's your, your honest feeling about age in that terms of being a, a writer question. in Hollywood? And the sad thing is there is ageism. Mm -hmm. I, I would be lying if I said there wasn't. Mm -hmm. However, there is a way to get past that. Mm -hmm. And it is what you are writing. Mm -hmm. If you write high concept, and, and there's two ways to do this. One is if you write something that's high concept, that can be made for a budget, that shows that you understand what the business is, and you're willing to do high concept material, you can break in. Hmm. If you are somebody who is involved in what's happening now, who's doing mm -hmm. web series, mm -hmm. doesn't matter how old you are. If you're doing a web series, people go, wow, they understand about the digital space. Mm -hmm. So you should be on Facebook, you should be on LinkedIn, you should be on Twitter, you should have a digital presence. Mm -hmm. And in terms of, say, television and showrunners, there are some showrunners that aren't interested in anybody over 30. Mm -hmm or 40, mm -hmm. 40 is probably more like it, <laughs> but 
if you are a person who's lived a life, you have things to share. You have valuable experiences that make great stories. Mm. So there is a need yes. for people who are not 22. What do 22 year olds have to write about? Mm -hmm. My kid is 22. She's an aspiring writer mm -hmm. and, and she's a really good writer, but she also needs to live her life. Yeah. And, and then you have more. To, so it isn't just a young person's game, but mm -hmm. there certainly is ageism, but there's a way to overcome it. That's great. That's great. Good, good, good advice. Answer. Yeah. yeah. Um, Carol, let's talk a little bit about uh, what your your current work is right now, because I know you've got um, a, a course coming up that I think could just be invaluable for people. Um, can you talk a little bit about you know what uh, what's going on with your work right now? Sure. Well, in addition to all the programs I run, yeah, and to being a entertainment career coach, I just um, did a twenty part masterclass virtual course. <clears throat> Excuse me. It was video with me on camera, which is pretty terrifying. <laughs> and if you do happen to see it, forgive the first two episodes because <laughs> I'm awful. But it gets better. It gets better. I, I, I promise you. It's pretty embarrassing. Um, and anyways, in those twenty segments, it is some of what we covered in the book about how you break in. But it's much more in-depth. There's lots of examples, and people really learn from examples and stories. And it's called Carol Kirshner's Hollywood Boot Camp. Mm -hmm. um, and it's for people that want to get their first job, writers, directors, producers, executives. At the entry level, you may not be hired to do that. Mm -hmm. So it's how you get your foot in the door, but then it's how do you get your next job? Mm -hmm. How do you get an agent? Mm -hmm. And as I said, how do you follow up without being annoying? How do you crush it in a meeting? Mm. We talk about that. And we talk in depth about what you need to do to succeed. And there's also a part, because just being successful, I don't think is enough. I think you have to be a human being. Yeah. Is what is your personal mission? Mm. What is it you truly want to do on many different levels? And then how can we make sure that throughout your career, you stay true to that. So it's really tools and strategies for breaking in, for succeeding, and for making sure that your vision and who you are is something that you stay true to. Mm. That's fantastic. That's great. I, uh, as someone, again, who's benefited greatly from your work, I, I can't recommend this course highly enough uh, for people who are serious about uh, their careers as writers in Hollywood. I. I feel like, and Jeremy, I, I know you and I have had a lot of conversations about this. There um, are so many people uh, around the world who say they want to be writers, who say they want to uh, be storytellers, mm -hmm. but the, the number of people that are actually serious enough to invest in their career and to have the discipline to, to take on the, the hard parts about writing, mm -hmm. that is a... a very, very select group of people in this world. And so I think these sorts of courses, buying these sorts of books, even listening to podcasts like this, um, it, it really does set you apart as someone who is willing to invest uh, in your career. Carol, 
Um, if people are wanting to to find you and to get a hold of you to about coaching or uh, uh, about this course, we're going to put a link in the show notes. But is there other are there other ways that people yeah. can uh, get a hold of you? So you can go to my website, which is Carol Kirshner, which is C A R O L E K I R S C H N E R dot com, and I know it'll be um, on your site, yeah. uh, dot com, and it talks all about you know the different things that I do in terms of how I help writers and people breaking in and then if you're interested in the Hollywood boot camp course um, let me give you a link and a, uh, a thing to text so you can get on the list and this is going to go live in May and if you sign up early you get a big discount so you go to carolkirshner.com forward slash HB for Hollywood Bootcamp. So carolkirshner.com forward slash HB dash preview, P-R-E-V-I-E-W. Or if you prefer to use your mobile device, <laughs> um, text the word, one word, Hollywood Download, Hollywood Download to 44 two 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 and if you do either of those things whether you sign up for the class or not i'm going to give you a free um download on the five things you must have to break into the entertainment industry oh that's fantastic awesome awesome i need to get my phone out right I now know. Get I your know. Phone out. Right. Uh, let's, uh, let's get this I, i'm telling you uh this is a free podcast i mean yeah. good night this is uh this is a gold mine of information uh for people that are serious about uh, their careers in Hollywood. Carol, thanks so much Thank for you. coming on to the Inside Out story. We hope to have you back on soon. Your yeah. information and your uh, advice for writers is just invaluable. So yes, we're very honored to have you, and oh. we we just we just love you, Carol. You're awesome. I love you guys. <laughs> so it's really mutual. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. We'll see you next time on the Inside Out story. For more information on the story, the host of the show, upcoming speaking engagements and seminars, visit our website at theinsideoutstory.com. The Inside Out Story podcast is a production of Sideshow Media Group.